You're listening to a production of Podcasting 101. Hello, listeners, and welcome to SOS, your spot on sports. I will be your host, Devin Robson. And I am your expert analyst, Shrek. In this week's podcast, we will be coming to you live from the Holiday Inn in Albany, New York, where we will be playing Union this weekend in baseball. Yeah, in our first day here against Union, we didn't uh, didn't fare so well. Lost both games here today on Saturday. Um, got a pretty good start out of Sam Downs in our first game. Pitched pretty well. The uh, only thing is we really shot ourselves in the foot with some errors, but Sam can't really fault anybody because we had three errors recorded on the game, and he made all three of them, although there were a couple plays in the game, like a ground ball up the middle that we probably should have turned a double play on, unable to do so, which really hurt. But um, the actual errors were committed by Sam Downs, a couple of throwing errors. Other than that, he pitched pretty well, but ended up losing the game. Um, Jack Fishman, he's a pretty good pitcher for Union, really shut our bats down. We only were able to get one hit on the game in seven innings. So one hit and no runs, not really able to win games that way. So dropped the first one, wasn't really close. Second game, we actually came out, played pretty well, a lot of energy. Um, It was a 4-4 game late in the game. Uh, We ended up surrendering a run to make it 5-4. Then in the eighth inning, we had a great opportunity to score a game-tying run when we had a leadoff double, bunted the guy over to third. Uh, So we we had a guy on third and only one out but we were unable to get that run home in the next two at-bats, ended up surrendering surrendering, excuse me, another run, and ended up dropping the game 6-4, although we did play a lot better in the second game. So we're really hoping to come out firing tomorrow, get a couple good starts out of our pitchers, wake the bats up a little bit, maybe score a couple runs. So uh, we'll have to keep you updated on the next podcast as we probably will not have an update for you for our Sunday games, but you can always log on to Saints Athletics and keep up with how we're doing. In tomorrow's doubleheaders, we will be getting starts from our very own Andrew Shryak in the first game, and we will be getting the start from Jake Farrell in the second game of the doubleheader. Um, looking forward to tomorrow's games. Hopefully we can turn around and get two more wins on the season. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back after being sidelined from an injury for the last two weeks. So it'll be a good opportunity to get back in, swing the bats, and hopefully come out of the weekend 2-2 two and two instead of dropping 3 or even 4 to this team. Um, any wins we can get in the Liberty League will help us overall in the standings and hopefully turn the season around and make the playoffs. But got to win a game at a time and... Tomorrow is the start of a new game, and see how we can do. Sticking with the theme of baseball, did I tell you guys or did I freaking tell you guys, Mookie Betts only two weeks into the season has been an absolute joy to watch so far this year. I know if you look up his numbers, they're not great, but he's hit a couple home runs in the leadoff role. He's been unbelievable in center field, making unreal catches. Like one of the ones the other day, uh, Bryce Harper, hit a ball that should have gone out, but Mookie made a leaping catch, crashing into the wall, catching it when it should have been a home run. Um, This guy's been unbelievable. One of the greatest plays I've seen in probably 10 years he had the other day. David Ortiz was at the plate, 
Mookie Betts was on first base. Mookie stole second base, and David Ortiz is a big left-handed hitter, which they always shift on him for him to pull the ball. So Mookie realized immediately when he got to second base that there was nobody at third covering. So as soon as he got to second, he got up and took off for third base while the guy was standing there with the ball about two feet away, took off for third base, made it in safely. This guy is just a a huge spark plug for the team. When he gets going, the whole team's going to just roll. For all you Yankee fans out there, you must be nice and happy to see A-Rod back in shape, or so it seems. Hit a couple home runs the other day in one game. One of them went 477 feet, which is an absolute bomb. And, uh, you know, he looks real good physically. He's back in shape. He's real strong. I think he's probably just juicing again. I don't know. That's just my bias because I think the guy's a scumbag. But uh, I think the Yankees were real um, skeptical about what they were going to get from him this year. They were thinking about him not even being in the DH role on an everyday basis. But I think he's really hushed those uh, talks as of right now. So, unfortunately... A-Rod is succeeding. I think he's probably going to have a good year based on what we see. Um, One of the big questions going in was, you know, he's getting up there in age and he took a year off where his hand's going to be quick enough to be able to get to inside fastballs. I don't think we've really seen that as much of a problem, even though the pitch he did hit 477 feet was a little bit high and out over the plate. But I really don't see that being a big problem for him this year based on what I've seen so far. One of the other guys that I'd like to talk about having a huge year so far. I didn't talk about him in our other podcast when we were talking about guys who were going to have big years. Miguel Cabrera. The reason I didn't mention him before is it was too obvious. Like He's the best hitter in baseball. Mike Trout's going to probably take over for him about five years down the road. But while Miggy is nice and young still, he's still in his prime. He's still the elite when we're talking about hitters. This guy is off to an unbelievable start. He's hitting 440 so far this year, which even only two weeks into the season is just sky high. He leads the league in hits at 18. Only two home runs, but the two he hit absolutely squared him up like crazy. And he's driving in a lot of runs. He's already got nine RBIs. This guy was a triple crown winner a couple years ago. He's been an MVP. And... He plays in Comerica Park, which is absolutely massive park, so it's hard to really get the ball out of there. And the fact that this guy just hits 45 home runs a year in such a giant ballpark is unbelievable. It really shows you how strong he is. Not only does he yank balls out pulling them, he hits line drives the other way that get out of the ballpark, which his lower half it just shows you how strong his lower half is. He just drives the ball. And the Tigers are really going to be great with him in the middle of the lineup, along with Jonas Cespedes. He had a ball yesterday that I'm not sure has landed today. It was unbelievable. And, you know, the pitching rotation and everything with David Price at the top, Tigers are really going to be good, and Miggy's the driving force. today's podcast we would like to bring on the the show today um another player from our baseball team Bo Uremko yeah we're having Bo on our show today because he is the brother of a Providence Friar assistant coach who for those of you who don't know the Providence Friars just won the college hockey national championship this past week and uh we just wanted to have Bo on to get his take on the championship so 
Bo, in your opinion, what uh, made the Friars so successful this season, especially in the NCAA tournament? Well, starting off uh, number one preseason in the rankings, um, the Providence Flyers got off to a rocky start with uh, 10 losses recorded on the season. But their goalie, their freshman goalie, John Giles, really stepped up his game at the second half of the season, uh, recording multiple shutouts in the second half. He, he really stood on his head and did, did a tremendous job for the Flyers, uh, along, with, along with their whole team, just being aggressive, going to get pucks in the corners and not really letting up on any rebounds, going to get all the rebounds and taking shot after shot after shot. After the semifinal game against Omaha, I was talking to my brother for a little bit, seeing seeing what they would like to see out of their team in the finals. And his biggest concern was that if Boston won their semifinal game, that they would have home ice advantage and their crowd would be on their side, which is in sports a pretty big advantage. With that being said, the Providence Flyers came out very aggressive in the first period with John Gilly standing on his head once again just to prove that he is a phenomenal goaltender. Um, one of the biggest turning points in the game was when Boston University's goalie O'Connor had a puck and scored on himself, and that just demoralized the whole BU hockey team and just a great opportunity for the Flyers to capitalize, and they scored another goal I believe it was a minute after that to put them up 4-3, to three, and they held off BU for the next five minutes to win the national championship, which was just a great a great feat for them, the first national championship in school history. Um, just, just a great group of guys to win a national championship, and I'm proud of them and proud of my brother who went to, went to Providence for, uh, for the coaching job, hopefully to win a national championship from St. Lawrence. Granted, it would have been nice to see my brother here at St. Lawrence for at least a year, but I'm I'm very proud of him and very happy that that he won a national championship with his first year with the Friars. Uh, I'm looking forward to you know seeing him over the summer and putting on that national championship ring, and hopefully he's got some got some pretty nice national championship gear for me, like a hat and a shirt, and uh, hopefully he gives me a nice uh, nice Christmas present this year with his bonus. Once again, congratulations to the Providence Friars and Chris Mayo, Bo's brother, for his first national championship and hopefully first of many more to come. Staying with the topic of hockey, we would like to bring in another freshman from the baseball team, Isaac Lewis, who is a Canadian, so knows a pretty good bit about hockey. Um, I'd like to bring him in and discuss the playoffs and what his opinion is on the games and who he think is go- thinks is going to win the championship. So we're going to uh, talk, talk about some hockey here now. Looking into the playoffs, playoffs coming up, a lot of great games, a lot of great games to watch, playoff hockey, nothing better, nothing better. Players playing their hearts out, everyone wants that Stanley Cup trophy. So we look in, uh, in our uh, first uh, set of brackets. I definitely uh, I like the Anaheim Ducks over the uh, Winnipeg Jets. That's uh, definite. Ducks are a strong team this year. You know, definitely going to roll over the Jets in the first round. And uh, looking at the uh, Canucks-Calgary, it's a uh, battle of uh, Western Canada, as I like to call it. You know, the uh, British Columbia against the uh, Alberta. That's what I like to see. 
Calgary Flames haven't been there in a while. Vancouver is a little more playoff experience, though, so uh, I'd like to see the Flames, but I think uh, Vancouver's going to roll out on tip. Now moving on to our St. Louis Blues against the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, I'd definitely uh, go with the Blues on this. Uh, being a former resident of St. Louis, I'm definitely uh, going to be rooting for the Blues. They're uh, definitely a better hockey club, and uh, you know Minnesota, it's, uh, it's cold up there, especially uh, not being part of Canada. It's killed. Um, moving on to the Preds versus the Blackhawks. Uh, I'd like to see the Blackhawks come out on top here. And they can beat uh, Pecorine, even though uh, Curry Crawford, uh, you know, yeah, another uh, Canadian goaltender, but uh, he has not uh, not been himself. And uh, they can't have that if they want to move on in that series. And uh, moving over to our other conference, we're looking at our, uh, our Montreal uh, Habitants here against our Ottawa Senators. Uh, I'd definitely go with the Habs. The Habs are uh, looking good, and, uh, you know, except that uh, P.K. Subban character. <laughs> yeah, he's got to stay out of the backs uh, if they want to uh, move on against the Senators. And uh, looking at the Lightning versus the Detroit Red Wings, it is a tough one to look at, but, um, you know, I think the Red Wings can uh, do something there, you know, from Hockey Town. And then uh, looking at the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the New York Rangers. That's uh, definitely a tough series. Uh, I'd say uh, Penguins have more playoff experience, but then Rangers had a great uh, regular season round. So I uh, guess we'll see uh, who's the better hockey club after that uh, seven-game set. And uh, finally, looking at our Washington Capitals with that, uh, that Russian guy, uh, Vichkin. He's uh, scoring a lot of goals, but, uh, you know, those New York Islanders, I just don't think they're up for the challenge. And... Uh, Capitals might find themselves moving on in the playoffs for the uh, first time in a long while. Yeah, you know, hockey's not really my forte, Isaac, but uh, one thing I do know about the playoffs that I'm not a big fan of is I know that they reseed, which for those of you listeners out there that don't know, that means basically if the eight seed and the one seed are playing and the eight seed wins their series and then the two seed also wins their series – then they reseed it so that the eight seed has to play the best remaining team available, which would be the two seed. The reason I don't like it is because I think that if you're the eight seed, your punishment for being the eight seed is that you have to play the best team in the league. I don't think that they should make you have to play the best team available every round and then continually get punished. What do you think, Isaac? Well, Mr. Treyak, um, yes, this is uh, this is my real voice. Um, to answer... I guess your question of some possible reasons why that's the way they format the NHL playoffs is like you said, the punishment for that eight seed being that they play the one seed uh, immediately in the first round is essentially to create emphasis on the entire 82 game season. Um, that way to keep the games competitive and give teams extra incentive for striving for that top seed um, rather than it just being make the playoffs um, and get in that top eight seeding um, and then work from there being that once you get through that first series, then you're on an equal playing field with all the other teams. Um, so basically from the league's perspective is that they'll see more competitive games and see players try harder and coaches to basically win as many games and be as successful as they can be during the regular season. Sticking with the topic of playoffs, we would like to transition from hockey over to basketball and 
with being on the road for baseball this weekend, we have a plethora of people we can bring on as guests. And for the playoffs, we would like to bring in Adam Reichel again, as he came on in a previous show. Um, Adam, what is your opinion on the playoffs and your picks to win each round? And who do you think will be in the finals? And who do you think will be crowned the champion at the end of it all? Thanks for having me back on, guys. I had a lot of fun uh, joining the show the first time, and it's really great to be back, especially talking about something so so great as uh, NBA playoff basketball, really some of the best basketball you're going to see all year. On the topic of the NBA playoffs, I'm going to break down who I think is going to win the, each conference, the East and the West, and then uh, finally win the NBA championship. Uh, overall, with the West, really the better conference of the two, it's a lot tougher to pick uh, pick your champions, but I really think it's going to be the Golden State Warriors, who had the best record in the NBA, and actually one of the best records in NBA history, and then also uh, taking on the uh, Warriors in the Western Conference Finals, I think it's going to be the San Antonio Spurs, a sixth seed, but seeding really isn't as important in the West, because the teams are so close, San Antonio is going to be taking on the Los Angeles Clippers in the first round, who's a three seed, but the difference between those two teams is one game. The Clippers have one less loss and one more win. The season series between the Clippers and the Spurs was uh, tied 2-2, two to two, which really, uh, I think, is going to be a great matchup in the first round between those two teams. Uh, I, I think the Spurs are going to take it to the Western Conference Finals because I've learned watching plenty of NBA basketball that you really don't bet against uh, Popovich in the playoffs or just in general. And with a solid cast with Tony Parker, uh, Tim Duncan, and young emerging star Kawhi Leonard, who can guard pretty much anybody in the NBA, it's a tough team to beat, especially come playoff time. Now, the other pick I have for the Western Conference Finals is pretty easy. The uh, the Golden State Warriors, best team in the NBA, and they have the best player in the NBA this season, Steph Curry, who's just unbelievable. He can, he can do it all. He's a great shooter. He can get to the basket. And he really just makes things happen for his team. When he's on the court, you never know what's going to happen, but it's, it's always something special. And uh, in the matchup between the Warriors and the Spurs, which I predict, uh, I think it's going to be the Warriors coming out on top. Uh, like I said, Steph Curry is the best player in the NBA this season. And along with him, uh, the Warriors have too much talent. They have Andre Iguodala, who's a great role player. He used to be a star, but now he's just a role player, which is just all the Warriors need him to be. Uh, but they also have another superstar in Klay Thompson, who is just an unbelievable scorer. He's a tall kid, can shoot real well, and he's along with Steph Curry, he can just pretty much do it all. And then also an emerging star, Draymond Green, out of Michigan State University, is uh, is really just come on strong this year and is pretty much the Kawhi Leonard of that team who can defend well, can score well, and is just the, the player that they really needed to get into the next level. Switching over to the Eastern Conference now, where there are really only two teams that are in the picture to make a run to the NBA Finals. Those two teams are the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks. The Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously, with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love, have a three-headed monster that uh, makes them tough to defend, and they're they are good, great, very good basketball team. Uh, head and shoulders above everybody in the uh, in the East. They are the pick of many to make to the NBA Finals, although... Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, which is personally my favorite team, which might be why I'm a little bit biased, I think is a better team because, one, they had the better record. Uh, they also beat Cleveland more times this regular season than Cleveland beat them. 
Uh, so, which makes me think they're the better team, but they're also just a better basketball team. There's not one guy on the Hawks that really can take over. Uh, the, the there's a different guy every night that is a high score for them. They have Al Horford, great player out of Florida. Jeff Teague, great point guard, can score, can pass, is just really a team leader. They have a great shooter in Kyle Horford this year, who is who was shooting over 50% from three at one point. Uh, I'm not sure if he still is. Another player who was key to the Hawks' run to the uh, best record in the East was Paul Millsap, who was an all-star this year. Really had a great year for the Hawks, doing also doing a little bit of everything, scoring, rebounding, and just being a part of the uh, the great team that is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, and in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals, I think the Hawks will beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though many people think the Cavaliers will take it to the NBA Finals. I think this is just people thinking LeBron James can do it all and carry a team by himself, which has proven to not be true as he's been beaten by better teams uh, basketball-wise. Not exactly better players, but better teams. And I think that's what the Atlanta Hawks have. is a better team than the Cleveland Cavaliers, even with LeBron James. Uh, being the best player on the court every night in that series. Now, in the NBA Finals matchup that I predict between the uh, the Hawks and the Warriors, it really pains me to say it, being that I am such a big Hawks fan. But I think the Warriors are going to uh, win the NBA Finals this year against the Hawks. They just match up better than the Hawks do. They have Steph Curry, who's literally unguardable. And uh, they have Klay Thompson, who I really don't think uh, the, the Hawks match up with well at all. They don't have anybody who is tall enough and quick enough to stay in front of him. Uh, Jeff Teague for the Hawks might be able to contain Steph Curry a little bit, about as much as anybody can, which really isn't much at all. And then Draymond Green, is, I think, will be too much for the Hawks to handle as well, even though the Hawks will keep it close. The series uh, in the regular season was tied 1-1, to but the second game that they played a few months ago, the, uh, the Warriors just smoked the Hawks. It wasn't close. I think they won by like 20 points, something like that. And I think it'll be a good series, but I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it'll go seven. I think the, the Warriors will win it relatively handedly, unfortunately for me. Not to insult your team, Adam, but uh, I think you might be a little ambitious picking the Hawks going to the NBA Finals. The only reason is, like you said, they don't even have anybody big enough and quick enough to guard Klay Thompson. I don't know how they think they're going to match up against LeBron James, even if they shut down Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love on any given night. LeBron can always take over, and I really don't think they have a guy to guard him. You know, Paul Millsap is a pretty good defender, and he's a pretty big guy, but, you know, LeBron will just take him a little bit away from the rim. Paul Millsap isn't quite quick enough to stick with him, so he'll either be able to get a little bit of space and an open jump shot out of it or be able to go right by him and go to the rim. So as much as it pains me to say because I hate LeBron James, and every team that he plays for, I really think it'd be hard to not bet again, or to, excuse me, hard to not bet on the Cleveland Cavaliers to go to the NBA Finals. On the other side, I do agree with you. It's going to be the Warriors. They're the best team. Harrison Barnes is a guy that I think is going to be great that Adam didn't mention, along with all the other guys. Barnes is another guy who's about 6'7", real athletic, can stretch the defense as he can shoot, but he also can get to the rim. He's pretty long and lanky and quick. So I really think the Warriors are going to be there in the end, but I think it's not going to be against Atlanta. I think it's going to be against Cleveland. And uh, I'm hoping that the Warriors win because, again, I hate LeBron James, and I hate everybody who loves LeBron James, and I just don't like watching him win. So hopefully Golden State will be able to pull it off. Just to respond uh, to your prediction that it'll be the Cleveland Cavaliers instead of the Atlanta Hawks, 
I, well, the, obviously the Hawks aren't going to match up well against LeBron James. Nobody matches up well against LeBron James. Along with Steph Curry, it's practically unguardable. The difference is that the Warriors are more of a three-point shooting-oriented team, and that'll shoot that'll get you out of games real quick when they're knocking down their threes. Uh, I think the Hawks will contain Kevin Love and even contain Kyrie Irving t- uh, to a point. And LeBron James will get his. He'll have his 20 points. You can't really stop that. I think that the Hawks are a better team, though, as I pointed out earlier. I really think it'll be the team basketball, the Atlanta Hawks, that uh, takes the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James down and moves on to the NBA Finals, where they will probably lose the the Warriors because they're just a better team than the Hawks are, which is saying something because the Hawks do have a pretty good squad this year. Well, Adam, I guess we agree to disagree, but uh, you know we'll see in the next couple of weeks what happens. Just want to give a special thanks to all of our guests here today, Bo Uremko, Isaac Lewis, and Adam Reichel for giving us their take on college hockey, the NHL playoffs, and the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I just want to give a special thanks to Isaac for speaking in a Canadian accent. thought it was a funny take on it and uh, thought he did a pretty good job. We would also like to play one of the clips from our viewer who called in last week on our third podcast. Just like to play it for you real quick. Hey, I'm calling for Spot on Sports. Um, I really like you guys, your guys' show. You sound so professional. Like You guys know what you're talking about. Um, I was personally devastated by the Badgers' loss in the final, but what you going to do? Uh, go Badgers. Keep it up. We really appreciate our fan support. And if anybody else would like to call in on the podcast for this week or up-and-coming podcasts, feel free, and we will also play your clips in the following podcasts. Thank you for joining us on SOS, your spot on sports on the road edition. Here with your host, Devin Robeson, and your expert analyst, Shrek. Proceeding has been a production of the Introduction to Podcasting course. For more information, visit us online at stlawu.edu or email tdubray at stlawu.edu. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day.